Good morning celebration. Thank you guys, you guys may be seated. I am so honored and excited to be here with you guys. And um, man, I've got to say, without doubt, before I introduce myself, I've just got to take a moment and honor your pastors. Pastors Frankie and Allie are the most amazing pastors in the world. Come on, would you agree this morning? And I, I can say that with such assurance because Pastor Frankie is not just your pastor, he's my pastor also. Um, so I'll tell you who I am and just kind of how that works. Uh, my, my name is Brandon Bilbo. My wife, Rochelle, is here with me. And we've got some of our team. Our kids will be here in a little bit. We've got two redheaded kids. Yeah, they're wild. Maddox and Marshall. And uh, they look cute in the picture, but don't let the picture fool you. Um, but yeah, we, we're, uh, we launched a church about three and a half years ago in a movie theater down in Homa, Louisiana, Cross Church, and God has done some awesome things there. Our church this weekend will have about 700 people that'll be worshiping, and uh, we've not had one weekend where we haven't had people turn their heart to Jesus in the last three and a half years, and it's been an amazing journey, and it would not be possible if it were not for Pastor Frankie pastoring me and pouring into me, and um, and he's pastored me through some of the toughest times in life and has just poured out love on us. And I am so grateful uh, and honored to be here with you guys. And so um, anyway, I just, I just wanted to, to share with you guys. I don't know if you know this, but your pastor is not just a pastor of the church. He's a pastor of pastors. And that's pretty cool to have that kind of a leader leading you guys. And if you are a guest and you came in looking for Pastor Frankie, I'm not him. Uh, I'm sorry. He's, um, he's really in shape. I am a shape. Um, I'm round. I wear layers because layers cover a multitude of muffins. And um, yeah, that's what it is. Pastor Frankie, Frankie he's, he's wearing this cool half marathon shirt. And the only time you'll see me run is if somebody's tra chasing me, trying to kill me, or if you told me the last bowl of jambalaya was on the table. That's the only time that's going to happen. But if you are a guest, if nobody's invite you, invited you to do this, let me take a moment and invite you to make Celebration Church your home. Uh, you know, you can search and be on a search for a church for the next year. And if you never plug in anywhere, you're going to find that you never grow spiritually and that you never make an impact in your community. But I know this, if you give Celebration the next year of your life, not only are you going to look back and see so much spiritual growth in your life, but you're also going to see that you've made an impact in your community, and isn't that what it's all about, is being a source of strength for our community, amen? Well, this morning, you can turn in your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 18. I'll get there in a moment, and if you don't have your Bibles, no big deal. You can download the Celebration Church app. All of the, all of the, the, the scriptures will be there in the message notes this morning, and I'm sharing with you guys a message that's near and dear to my heart, because it's a message that I'll be sharing with my church in the next few weeks. It's something that we'll be using to close out this next series. And as I was praying of what to share with you guys, this just really felt heavy on my heart. And so the title of our message is a, something that you've heard if you've taken young children on a trip anywhere. Are we there yet? And I titled our message that because I really felt like the guy that we're going to look at in the Bible he had to ask God this question. The Bible doesn't tell us this, but when you look at his journey, he had to ask the question, am I there yet? Like, am I there yet, God? Are we there yet? 
So the guy's name is Elijah. His story begins in 1 Kings chapter 16. And if you're new to church, I'll just kind of explain who this guy was. Elijah is a guy that we call a prophet. And a prophet just means that he heard from God and that he would be the oracle or the voice of God for his generation. And that's so cool because back then, God only spoke to a few people. But we know we've just gone through a series always near that, that about the Holy Spirit, how he is always near. And Pastor Frankie knocked it out the park last week talking about how the Holy Spirit is our best friend. And when you invite the Holy Spirit to be your best friend, he's gonna talk to you and lead you and guide you. And so we can find a lot of common ground between us and this guy who's hearing from God. Now, this is how his story begins. In 1 Kings 16, we find at the end of the chapter that there's a corruption in the government that that Israel's being run by a corrupt king and queen named Jezebel and Ahab, and, and they're doing what they can to stop the worship of the true and the living God, and I think we can also find something true in that because it seems like our culture is doing everything that it can to fight against the worship of our God. You can be any other religion, but if you decide to be a Christian, we're gonna, we're, we're gonna make fun of that. We're gonna come against that. That's what our society does. And, and so in the midst of this, God tells Elijah, it's time for you to take a stand. I want you to go and tell the king that it's not gonna rain until I say so. So he goes and he tells the king, it's not gonna rain until I say so, and this began his meantime season. See, a meantime season is a season when you're in the meantime, right? Like, like you're not where you were, but you're not where God has called you to be. You're somewhere stuck in the middle, like somewhere in the meantime is where he finds himself. And for three and a half years, he was in this season where he knew that it would rain again, but he just didn't know when it was gonna be. And I think every day he had to ask God, are we there yet? Like, is it gonna rain today? Are we there yet? Three and a half years of famine, the cows are given evaporated milk. Like fish are walking around, and they, cause they have nowhere to swim, and they've got ticks at this point. It's not a pretty picture. Three and a half years of famine, the country is desperate. So God speaks to him at the beginning of 1 Kings 18 and says, hey, I'm gonna bring rain. God brings some more miracles in his life and at the end of the chapter is where we're gonna pick up 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 41. It says, and Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat and drink, for the sound, there is a sound of the rushing of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink and Elijah went up to the top of the Mount Carmel. And he bowed himself down on the earth and put his face between his knees. And he said to his servant, go up now, look towards the sea. And he went up and looked and said, there's nothing. And he said, go again, seven times. And on the seventh time, he said, behold, a little cloud like a man's hand is rising from the sea. And he said, go up and say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down lest the rain stop you. And in a little while, the heavens grew black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain. Now, I know that some of us can relate to this. God has shown you something in your heart, and we feel like we're in our meantime season. Thank God I'm not what I was, but I'm, I'm not where he's called me to be. And so I wanna give you four things that we can learn from the life of Elijah that's gonna help us through our meantime season. If you're following along in the notes here, the first one is that in the meantime season, I'm gonna hear God's promises 
before I see them. I'm gonna hear God's promises before I see them. Twice Elijah heard that there was gonna be rain, but he saw nothing. You know, one of the things that I've said as a pastor, it's a hard thing as a pastor, is that I see the church that God is preparing me for, I see the church that he has for me, and then I open my eyes and I see where I am today. Now this is not a problem as a pastor, this is a problem as a Christian because God shows you and that's how he speaks to us, he shows us in our heart where we're going and then we open our eyes and we're like, I don't see any clouds, there's no clouds anywhere. Like for me, I'll just kind of share the story. So we launched our church in a movie theater. Now look, I understand everything's bigger and better in Texas and I expect that probably would be the best amen right there, I get that. Um, I, and, and if you went to the movie theater in our little town in Homa, you would understand everything is better in Texas because our movie theater smells like feet and popcorn. It's awful. And we get there, 5.30 in the morning, 24-foot trailer, unload, set up everything for kids' ministry and for the church, and, and then I'd change clothes, and in the beginning I would suit up, like I'd wear a suit and tie because I'm young and I thought that's what I needed to do, and I'm like trying to figure out our, our, like our swing at the plate, and, and we're going, and they had no place to pray at a movie theater, like nobody thought about that when they were designing our theater. Um, so I would go into the trailer, the 24-foot black trailer in August in South Louisiana, which is a brilliant idea, because I know it's bigger here in Texas, but everything in South Louisiana is a little bit hotter. I mean, like, we're a little closer to hell with New Orleans right there, and like, <laughs> man, it's, it was hot, and I'm in there praying and crying, and I close my eyes, and I would see the church that God has for us 20, 25 years from now, and then I'd open my eyes, and I'm in a trailer in a movie theater that smells like feet and popcorn. And I know some of you can relate because God's been speaking to you through this series and he's showing you the marriage that you're gonna have. And man, you're getting excited and you close your eyes and you see the marriage that God has for you and you open your eyes. Don't say amen. <laughs> if that's where you are, blink twice, turn your head to the side. I'll know who to pray for at the end. But we do that. God shows us a picture of what our children will be. He shows us a picture of what our business will be. He shows us a picture of what our finances will look like. And then we open our eyes and we say, but I don't see a cloud, God. Pastor talked last week about a, a widow who, who just needs $700 to finish her house. And, 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 and there's many of us that I know that probably hit our heart and said, God, I know that you've called me to underwrite the ministry and that, that I can be that person to do that. But I open my eyes and I look at my bank account and I see the wrong kind of zeros. There's nothing in front of them. I don't see a cloud. But don't be discouraged when you don't see a cloud. Most people give up when they don't see a cloud. But the fact is, maybe God is using this season to prepare you and to make you into the person that he's calling you to be. Maybe you couldn't handle the rain today, so he's got to put you in a place where he's saying, I'm going to shape you and I'm going to mold you. Just be faithful. Just keep your heart right. I know you might not see a cloud, but don't, don't get discouraged. See, he's a good father. He didn't give you the promise to leave you with a promise. He gave you the promise and the purpose for you to fulfill it. But I think a misnomer that we have is that one day we're just gonna wake up and we're gonna arrive at God's purpose. But God's purpose is not a place that you go to. God's purpose is a place that you grow to. That's good enough to tweet right now. You don't even have to give me credit. Like, his purpose is not a place that we go to. It's a place that we grow to. And he's calling you to a place of purpose this morning. 
Number two, if we're going to get through our meantime season, it's going to call us to seek God more than we think we have to. I have to meet this season with the same intensity that this season has met me. Three and a half years with no rain. Now through this time frame, God's done awesome miracles. He, through Elijah, he's raised a child from the dead he, that he just prayed for three times. And, and, and he prays once and fire comes from heaven and consumes a sacrifice. And all of these miracles happen. Things were going on that he didn't even pray for. Ravens were bringing him food like Panera in the morning. I mean, just sign me up, Jesus. I don't know where that list is, but I want some. And he sees all these miracles, but now he's coming to the end of his meantime season, and it's calling for some intensity. He calls a servant to come forth. He climbs to the top of the mountain, and he tells the servant, I want you to go look for a a sign of rain, and he bends himself down and begins to cry out, Jesus, Lord, I know that what you've said about my family. God, we haven't had rain in our family. Lord, I know the promise that you've given me for my children. God, I know the promise that you've given me for this ministry that's in my heart. God, I know the promise for my business and for my finances. Did you see anything? You didn't see anything? It's okay. Go back. Go back, look for rain. Jesus, I need you. Lord, I need you to show up. God, I'm crying out for rain in my life. Lord, it's been too long since your presence has flown. And seven times he sends the man back with no sign. How many of us would have stopped the fifth time after we sent him out there? Maybe that's not for me. Maybe the promise, maybe just God just doesn't love me that way. Maybe all his promises are for everybody else, but the Bible says he's no respecter of persons. And when we look at the, the life of Daniel, when, when the angel came and showed up to Daniel, he said, I'm so glad you didn't stop praying because I was fighting. And maybe the answer that you're waiting for is just waiting for you to press in a little bit deeper. I like y'all. Y'all are fun. You know, the, the, the 9 a.m. is kind of like your first child. You're just practicing on them. <laughs> you get it right by the second. If you have a third, they're going to be great. Um, number three, in the meantime season, I'm going to have to recognize the seemingly insignificant. I'm going to have to look for the things that I think are just insignificant. A cloud the size of a man's hand. How many things in our life is God trying to bring the answer to when we're just not even paying attention to what he's doing? I remember a season in my life where I was praying, I was a youth pastor and I was praying for God to give me opportunities as I was in college to minister to people. And people would randomly come up to me and tell me their problems. And I'm like, I don't wanna hear your problems. God, send me people that need you. <laughs> we ignore the insignificant sometimes. Like the things that he, we've been praying for, he sends us the answer and we're like, but I, I, I didn't think it would look that way. You might've been praying for your husband for years and he may have been serving next to you and just looks a little insignificant because his shirt is the wrong color. Don't tell him he was a cloud the size of a man's hand. Just let him know, hey, how you doing? It's funny, I know y'all wouldn't be this way, but at our church, I could see this happening. I could see somebody saying, Pastor, I know that God's gonna, he's given me this vision of a business in my heart that I'm gonna start and, and that, that this is just gonna be this amazing thing and, and it's gonna help me underwrite the ministry. Awesome, that's great. 
well, you know, this next semester we have, we have Dave Ramsey starting in our life groups. Oh, I don't need personal finances. I need my business. But maybe that small group is a cloud the size of a man's hand. Maybe when pastor says, hey, we're just asking for people to give 10 bucks a month. I know it's in your heart to give more, but like maybe that's just something insignificant that we could say no to, or we could realize maybe this is what God's doing in my life that I can have purpose in what we're doing in Guatemala. Number four, in the meantime season, I'm gonna need to prepare for the rain. I'm gonna need to prepare for the rain. I lived in New Orleans when Katrina hit, we got flooded, all my family got flooded. And, and so I understand preparing for the rain. Like at this point, if a cloud bigger than the size of a man's hand comes outside, I'm like, where's the sandbags? You know, like I'm, I, I understand, I prepare for rain. But here's the thing I think a lot of us do when, when God puts a promise in our heart, we just pick up our umbrella and we're like, God, you're gonna send the rain, it's gonna be awesome. You've told me this promise about my family, you've told me this promise, but you're still in the meantime season. The promise is over there. It's not here. They probably don't do this in Texas, but at home, you know, the real religious folk, they they have a preacher voice. They they all sound like Sean Connery to me. Bless God, brother, hallelujah. Standing here with my umbrella, I know the promises that God has told me, hallelujah. Shaken, not stirred as his promises, amen. But that's not what he said. Paul says in Philippians, I've not attained, brothers. I'm in my meantime season. God's calling me somewhere. But this one thing I do, I straighten myself out and I press towards the mark of the prize of the high calling. See, God's purpose is not something you just wake up and arrive at. His purpose is something that we fulfill day by day by day. And when I'm faithful with this step, it sets me up for the next step. And when I'm faithful with that step, it sets me up for a next step. And next thing I know, I'm telling people, you better run because the rain's on its way. But it doesn't just happen. I've got to push, I've got to press. How can I get through this? What are some steps that I can take? I'm glad you asked. It's important that you ask because there are people in the Bible who died in their meantime season and God has not designed you to die in your meantime season. The fact is some of the richest places on earth are in our cemeteries. They're filled with books that were never written. They're filled with songs that were never penned. They're filled with businesses and and inventions that died with someone in their meantime season holding their umbrella saying, it's gonna happen. One day it's gonna happen. And they died in their meantime season. So it's important that you take the right steps. The first step that you can take is you can dig into your spiritual disciplines. What do I mean by that? Some of us need to pray a little bit more. Some of us just need to pray. Some of us need to get in our word a little bit deeper. Some of us need to fast, not because pastor called a fast, but because I've had a famine in my life. Because I'm not gonna be the one who doesn't get rain and come to church and everybody else gets rain. If his blessings are for everybody, I'm gonna get mine. You do you, boo, I'm getting mine. That's, that's, some of us might need to give, give more. Like some of us may need to come to a point where we give generously and extravagantly. Work on our spiritual disciplines. Number two, we can get into a life group. You know, one of the great things about this story, 
Elijah wasn't doing life alone. He's the prophet and the man of God. And he couldn't do it without somebody in a small group with him. In a life group, he couldn't do it. He's down here praying and crying out for God. And somebody's saying, hey, I got your back. I'm with you. I'm going through this. I'm telling you, I'm in a life group of other pastors, and I couldn't be healthy as a pastor without being in a life group. And when life groups kick off again, you need to be the life group king. Like, jump into them and get involved. And if you've never gone through the process of leading a group, jump in and lead a group. Man, your life is going to be changed. In fact, that's what James says. James, in chapter 5, around verse 15 and 16 James tells us when we go to God, he's going to forgive us of our sins and he's going he, like to bring us salvation. And then when we go to his people, we're going to find healing. You're going to find the healing from your past in order for you to get to your purpose in a life group. You're going to find the healing from your present in order to get to your purpose in a life group. That's where you're going to find healing. And number three, one of the biggest things that you could do is serve on the dream team. You got to find a place and serve. Like serving for me, I found this. God does more in me when I serve than he does for anybody else that I'm serving. Serving can actually be one of the most selfish things that you do because you're gonna find out that as you're serving and pouring out of yourself, God begins to pour out of himself. Like that Holy Spirit, the, the, the one who is, is closer and he is our best friend and he's always near. When I begin to pour out to somebody else, he begins to fill me. And he begins to do a work in me that only he could do. This morning, I know we've been talking about finding our purpose and who Jesus is and, and what he wants for us to do, but there's some of us here that we really don't have a relationship with him. Maybe we don't have a relationship that we should or that we could. Maybe it's just non-existent. I don't know where you come from. Today may be your first time in church. Maybe the first time you've been in church in years. Awesome. Walking through those doors was the hardest part. You didn't burst into flames. You're good. <laughs> but I want to take a moment and invite you to begin a relationship with him. I'm going to ask that you just bow your heads and close your eyes with me. And there's nothing holy in doing that. It's just that people around us don't distract us. And take a moment and ask the Holy Spirit, how can I respond to this word today? Holy Spirit, how can I respond to your word? There's some of us that are here that your relationship with God may be non-existent or maybe it's just not what it should be. And this morning you're at a place where you'd say, Pastor, I need Jesus in my life. I need a relationship with him. Just so I know who I'm praying with, if you would raise your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. This morning I'd say, I need Jesus. I need a relationship with him. I need to recommit my heart to him. I, I need him in my life. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask all of us to pray a prayer so that nobody prays this prayer alone. If you just repeat after me, dear Heavenly Father, forgive me for my sins. I know that I'm a sinner in need of a savior. And Jesus, I believe that you died and you rose again for me. And I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 
I know, I know there are some of us that are in a meantime season. That we're in a season in our life where we feel like I've read the book, I've implemented the seven steps. I, I just feel like I'm stuck. I feel like I'm at a place where I don't know how, without the help of God, that I'm going to get through this. I'd like to pray with you. If that's you, I'd just like you to raise your hand. Just say, Pastor, that's me. I need some prayer. Amen. 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 I just want to pray a blessing over you guys. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for every person that is here that feels like they are in a meantime season. God, I, we're thankful that we're not where we were, but Lord, we are so desperate and hungry and passionate to get where you've called us. And so, Lord, I pray that you would begin to move in our lives in a mighty way. God, I thank you, Lord, that there is no problem or situation that is too hard, no circumstance that is too big. Lord, there's nothing that can stand in our way. And God, I thank you, Lord, that all you need is a cloud the size of a man's hand. All you need is two fish and five loaves. God, when we're looking at our inability, that's what you're saying. That's all I need. So, God, I pray that you'd help us stop making our excuses and stop bringing you our excuses and let us bring you our lives. God, help us find the purpose that we have in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Man, it has been such an honor to be here with you guys. I want to bless you guys before we go. They're going to sing a song that's, I know, going to bless you guys. Man, the worship team here is phenomenal. But I'm going to just ask that you guys would stand with me. I'm going to close you out the way that I close out our church at home. But I'm going to put a celebration twist on it. From Numbers chapter 6, verse 24, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you peace. Heavenly Father, it is our vision and our mission to be a source of strength, Lord God, to every individual, to every family member, and to every believer so that we might be a source of strength in our community. So God, I pray that you would bless us this week as we go from here and that as we impact our community. Lord, we love you. We give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Come on, somebody, let's give the Lord some praise this morning.